<laughs> Good morning, beautiful souls. Happy New Year. This morning in the Beautiful Souls community, we had a, a wonderful meditation on the celebration of impermanence. And I want to ask you the same question I asked them this morning. What was the most profound change you experienced this year? And what made it so meaningful for you? What was the most profound change you experienced this year and what made it so meaningful for you? Filed for a divorce so I could become my authentic self. Wow, it's a big change. Setting boundaries through the whole Pono Pono prayer. I actually learned how to forgive. It's a powerful practice. Found knowledge and strength to walk away from things no longer serving me. So many beautiful changes. I think for me it was starting the Beautiful Souls community. It's a idea I've had, well, since 2011. And we started at January of 23 this year. And, you know, surrendering, taking the risk, as someone said, of starting something. And allowing life to co-create with you. And witnessing how those who joined have been impacted and their lives have changed and my life has changed. As we hold each other in meditation every day, we finished meditation number 314. We've meditated almost every day this past year together. And so many beautiful shifts in awareness and the way that we perceive life. And what's been on my mind lately, because I know this is a time where we're setting new goals for the year, which is really beautiful. Um, but what resonates more deeply is setting new goals for the moment, being present to the, each moment. And so we were tapping into the idea of impermanence. The fact that change is guaranteed. <laughs> so in the medium of time, impermanence is always true. Things will always change. And in the medium of space, non-self is always true. Right? When we look outward, <laughs> we have this illusion of non-self. But as you look more deeply, you recognize that there is nothing, literally nothing that can exist without something else. Nothing exists independently. And so, as I was thinking about the profound changes that have occurred in my life, or the ones that are occurring in your lives, it's beautiful to celebrate how we shift and change each other, whether we realize it or not, and all the ways we do so. I want to share a bit of something I was reading on impermanence this morning from the pocket Tiknat Han. Um, <laughs> it's a really interesting text, or just a beautiful uh, recalibration, rather. And it reads, what makes us suffer is wanting things to be permanent when they are not. We need to learn to appreciate the value of impermanence. If we are in good health and are aware of impermanence, we will take good care of ourselves. When we know that the person we love is impermanent, we will cherish our beloved all the more. Impermanence teaches us to respect and value every moment and all the precious things around us and inside of us. When we practice mindfulness of impermanence, we become fresher 
and more loving. Looking deeply can become a way of life. We can practice conscious breathing to help us be in touch with things and to look deeply at their impermanent nature. This practice will keep us from complaining that everything is impermanent and therefore not worth living for. Impermanence is what makes transformation possible. We should learn to say long live impermanence. Thanks to impermanence, we can change suffering into joy. And that's, <laughs> that's what I want to share this morning, this idea, this one line. Impermanence is what makes transformation possible. <laughs> Impermanence is what makes transformation possible. It is the medium of life. The things are always in flux. And the illusion of life is that things are not changing, that things stay the same. And during our meditation, we were focusing on the breath and noticing the uniqueness of each breath how each particle of air you are breathing is new, and how it's impacting you in a new way, how it's becoming a part of your body in the form of energy, how it's connected to your thoughts in that moment, the other processes in your body, and trying to tune in to see if you can feel the uniqueness of today, the uniqueness of this moment, the uniqueness of this time on this timeline. And when you tap into that, you tap into a bit of liberation, a bit of freedom. You break free of the illusion of fear, false evidence appearing real, thinking that this old pattern, this old thing will always be with you. This person or this particle of life will never change. When in reality, all that's needed for you to reconnect to joy, to touch reality, to touch um, freedom is reconnecting to impermanence, the present moment. Because in that moment, the transformation in your awareness in your mind is the letting go, the easing of that clinging to these old ideas. And even if life is presenting you with something that's triggering in the moment, that's making things heavy, it's making you feel like there's a weight on your shoulders knowing that with time that <laughs> that same impermanence will bring an opportunity for that to be lifted, for you to meet your suffering with greater understanding and awareness of the why, the mental formations, the thoughts, the projections that you've set up for yourself that might have been making it more difficult to move through that season. And that on the other side of that season is this beautiful equal and opposite curve, right? So if this is your low suffering, on the high end is an expansion of your joy. And so if we can meet <laughs> each moment as new, each moment as fresh, if we can meet reality <laughs> with a present realistic perspective, is freedom. And in that way, a lot of those goals you're trying to aspire to for 2024 will be met 
with exponential <laughs> growth and transformation. So the key to creating whatever you want at any point in time is connecting to presence. It's connected to state of being. So much of our struggle is that we're not connected to presence. We're not connected to the state of being calm, right? We're connected to our fear, our state of lack, our fight or flight. And in that state, we are painting the present moment with the past or our fears for the future, which are modeled from our conclusions about the past. And so we pile on. <laughs> And then we make it hard and we struggle. Versus remembering that each moment is new, right? Now the way to do this though, is by taking a beat from processing and cre creating <laughs> uh, the illusion of conclusion as if Whatever I'm thinking right now about this is what it actually is. It's permanent. It's finite. <laughs> hmm. I mean, you can decide that. And you can decide to be in resistance to life, but life is always changing. So what you're thinking right now is simply a thought. It's simply the largest frequency of motion moving through you. And generally, the biggest ones are fear-based. So if you take a moment to calm, and you guys know I'm always practicing checking in with your heart, because I want you to shift your state of being. You have more than enough information. You don't necessarily need more information. You need a practice that's gonna ground you in the present, that's gonna free you from the state of lack, the state of fear, the state of longing, and help you tap into state of presence, state of calm, state of evenness, so that you can touch reality in this moment and not paint over it with all of these other mental formations that aren't serving you. So in this moment, it's new. In this moment, that's over. In this moment, the future does not exist. And that way you can move through life with more ease, more calm, and from that space, you reconnect to reality, calm and connected, grounded, looking deeply. There's a bit of freedom. And when you embody freedom, oh, <laughs> you can do anything you want. It's not a question. And you break free from the trap, analysis paralysis. Your fear creates this complex mental analogy that says, I have to be perfect and I'll act. I have to know every bit and parcel before I move. And you're, <laughs> you're trying to uh, bypass the way reality functions. You have to allow yourself to be a beginner. You have to allow yourself to be in the unknown and wrestle through the process of experience and gathering knowledge through that experience to actually become an expert, right? 
you have to live. <laughs> so in this space, whatever you're calling in in this season for 2024, whatever your goals are, I hope that you will also add a practice of mindfulness, a practice of something that helps anchor you in this moment, in this day, in the newness, in the freshness of life, so that it's easier to create. So, what I've discovered along my journey is um, I've been reflecting on, on this year for me and the, the community. So my first year starting this community, it's been an idea for 10 years. And I'm sharing these concepts through my own experience of my analysis paralysis, of thinking I needed any number of things before I could create the space or honor that longing. Ultimately realizing it was just my fear that was stopping me. These ideations and projections and mental formations of me trying to escape reality, <laughs> escape the actual work of showing up daily to expand and grow and learn how to facilitate a space or to share space or to just be vulnerable essentially, right? To evolve out loud. To be present to my heart's longing. Because ultimately that's all we're talking about. The way out is in and the way forward is through. <laughs> so go inward, connect, find your inner strength, find your grounding, find your practice. and then learn how to manage your emotions along the way. And that's what my advocacy for mindfulness is really all about. Wanting you to be in touch with yourself, learning how to manage your emotions and your mental processes in a way that supports what you want, that builds coherence between your mind and your heart so that your body can get out of fight or flight. <laughs> and into calm courage and embodied action. <laughs> if you guys have any questions this morning, you can hang out for a little while and chit chat. As you're asking your questions, I wanna let you know that January 8th will be the start of uh, Calm and Connected, which is a 30 day meditation journey. Each evening at 7.30 Central Time, I'll be hosting a live meditation a zoom private link for those who sign up and we'll be diving into a number of practices helping you to calm and reconnect to yourself in a way that's fresh that's new that helps you to embody inner peace and authentic power so if any of that resonates you can check out more information at my website soulcalledjoel.com let's see what questions are coming through most powerful practice in your life besides heart question oh well that's the most powerful one um 
But aside from that is micro-meditations. That's something that we'll get into in Common Connected. But uh, micro-meditation is essentially connecting everyday life um, habits, washing your hands, brushing your teeth, walking, eating, drinking, with mindfulness, with presence, connecting to the impermanence of life, turning on so that you're developing a sense memory between these actions and that state of being. So at a certain point, when just when you pick up your kettle to make your tea or however you're practicing, you do those actions and you naturally fall into a state of presence. It's um, kind of like the opposite of a trigger, right? Certain trigger words or experiences will bring up that heavy emotion, like PTSD, that's an extreme case. So this is the, the light side of that experience, creating deep presence connected to other daily experiences. So um, a day of mindfulness where I will spend the whole day connecting each part of my day to deep presence. And um, I did a whole workshop on micro meditations. It's in, um, it's one of the offerings in the Beautiful Souls Online community, which you can also check out at my site. Suggestions for daily reading. I'm looking for something to read daily in the morning. Hmm. A couple of books that I love lately. One is Eyes on the Road by Mikkel C. Clark. I read that uh, a few months ago. Or any book that's similar. Um, I love these mindful poets who give you aphorisms and just short mindful thoughts so that you can anchor your day, you can tap in anywhere. There's no um, linear fashion to the book. But that's one I love. Um, also like Vibrate Higher Daily by Leila Delia. It's a beautiful grounding reminder of tuning in to life, right? And she uses the language of raising your vibration. How did I first learn to meditate? <laughs> um, hmm. Actually, I was sharing this, my first meditation story with the group yesterday or a few days ago because I was taking them on the same journey I went on during my first meditation through uh, the teaching of the Three Doors of Liberation. However, my first meditation was very intuitive. I had no formal teaching. I was like 24 years old and people were just talking about meditation. I'd never experienced it before. And so I just decided I'd honor my intuition, whatever that meant in the moment. And so I found um, some meditation music online on YouTube. It was like several hours long and I let that play sat down in a corner of my room and closed my eyes. And what came to me intuitively in that moment was simply I would focus on whatever my next thought was on my in-breath and on my out-breath I would visualize it dissolving and 
leaving my awareness. And so I did that for every thought that came to mind, whether it was deep thoughts about my life or about the burger I ate <laughs> or wanted to eat <laughs> later that day and everything in between until there was nothing left. I was clear. And after that, I was taken on this beautiful, lucid visualization journey. And um, I'll give you the shorter version, but essentially I felt like I was riding on a wave like from the sun down to the earth on a ray of sunlight. And I felt myself existing as several rays of sunlight that were being received as energy by plants, people, animals, the earth. Some were being reflected back off of the water. And then I went on this whole interconnected journey of realizing how we are one. So I saw the energy of the sunlight, or experienced rather, the energy of the sunlight becoming the plant, merging with the nutrients from the soil and the water, going through the processes in the plants, becoming oxygen, being inhaled by a human who was an artisan who created a desk, and the desk was part of the earth, and his ideas and his memory and his training and his experiences with his family and his father, who was also a creator, and then experiencing life as the desk and the family who sat around the desk and their meals and had this beautiful interconnected journey of awareness and consciousness and energy. And at the end of it, I cycled back up as energy and light and love. And afterwards I just sat there and I kept seeing this beautiful sphere of all of the colors just moving in and out. And I felt extremely light. And I finally came out of the meditation feeling super light and connected. And I was amazed. I was like, <laughs> is this what people are doing when they're meditating? Is this what it's all about? <laughs> is this what's happening? Um, and so from that point, I got curious and started learning and reading and researching and learning about the technical aspect of neuroplasticity and how it changes the mind and cultivating breathwork practices and um, so many other things. But that was my first meditation. And um, there's so much that we don't understand about our awareness so much we don't understand about ourselves and the subconscious mind and the ways that we move from emotion. But through that experience, it ignited something within me that set me off on this journey that uh, led me to where I am today. What do you say to yourself when fear creeps in during the day? Hmm. You know, there's a a very simple way I like to approach fear. And this was um, something I read in, um, maybe it was The Miracle of Mindfulness by Thich Nhat Hanh. And it was very simple, it was just talking to your emotions. So instead of 
resisting and running. So many people are like, oh, I'm gonna fight fear, I'm gonna fight this thing. For me, that doesn't resonate. To me, that only makes the attachment stronger when we resist. Um, but what he said really resonated. And if I were experiencing fear, simply to speak to the fear, acknowledge its presence, be present to your fear. And you can do that by simply saying, fear, I know you are there, and I promise I'll take good care of you. And in that way, it immediately feels lighter. You're not resisting it. Um, and then from there, right, it, it's the calming effect. You reconnect to yourself. And then you can look deeply and get curious about what's the source of your fear. What does it want me to know? What's on the other side of my fear? But simply being present to it, you um, you weaken its hold over you, right? You weaken its hold over you. So I hope that's helpful. Hmm. How do you keep promises to yourself, and how do you navigate guilt and judgment? It's very interesting language. I don't make promises to myself. That may sound strange, but I, I notice like I don't I don't make promises to myself. And it's it's more out of an acceptance of reality. And what I mean is there's a, a vast unknown quality to our existence. And I know there's much more I don't know about myself than I do know. So what I connect more to is intention. And intention to me is about expansion. It's about a state of being. And that's something I'm more concerned with because if I can tap into a state of being, a state of being love, a state of being kind, a state of being present, a state of being compassionate, a state of being creative, then I don't let myself down. <laughs> I don't know what else to say it other than if, if I have an intention to be kind, that intention is met more frequently. Even if what my mind may perceive to be kind to someone or to someone else, if I get triggered and I'm unable to be as kind as I might have manufactured, then you're talking about guilt and judgment. I can return to kindness and free myself from guilt and judgment, right? And I can return to presence and accept my the nature of my humanity, right? Because a lot of times promise is built on permanence instead of the impermanence that is reality. So that's something to me that I found more ease and grace and flow in my life in that way. And that resonate for me, it may not resonate for you, but yeah, I don't, I don't make promises to myself. I try to honor my heart's longing. I try to honor the intentions of my soul 
And to me, those always allow me to expand into the space of life versus um, feeling restricted as if I have to be this one thing. And I guess I'll go into this next question. Someone's asking, can you talk with us about laughter? <laughs> I remember this book by Og Mandino. I think it's called The Greatest Salesman in the World. And it's, it's kind of like a, a spin on the alchemist, if you will. But um, in it, The Greatest Salesman of the World is really giving you like 10 rules for life. And one of them is, today I will laugh at the world. And I loved that one so much because we take life too seriously sometimes, right? I'm not saying that our decisions don't matter or, not, or that they aren't important. I'm just saying our approach doesn't have to be so serious and rigid and hard. There needs to be sincerity. Alan Watts would say, life doesn't have to be so serious. Doesn't mean it can't be sincere. So showing up sincerely with great intention, but also knowing you're going to mess up. <laughs> you're going to fall off occasionally and that's okay. The question is, how do you address that moment? Laughter. Enjoy it. Recognize your humanity, forgiveness, grace, vulnerability, openness, kindness. So laughter to me is connected to how I want to exist. And that light feeling I was mentioning earlier of being present to this moment, present to the impermanent nature of things always changing, um, connecting to the joy in this moment. If you can connect to the newness of each moment, you can reconnect to the adventure of life. And in that space, you connect to that pure, vibrant frequency flowing through you that ignited your very being. And that's joy. <laughs> So, you know, I think in the Bible they'd say joy, unspeakable joy. And I found that as I have deepened my practice of meditation, my joy is more consistent. And it's hard to express to others, but there's a newness that I get to access more frequently that's closer to that of a child that I can enjoy in tandem with what I am aware of as an adult that keeps me in constant laughter. <laughs> How do you transform your sadness and anger? Hmm. Presence. <laughs> Life will transform it on its own. But it'll move through you with more ease if you're present to it. Not trying to change it or fight it. but to honor where you are. Similar to how I was describing addressing fear, sadness, I know you're there and I promise I'll take good care of you. Be present to what is showing up in your life. Because if you're present, that moment will not be extended, right? Whatever is causing that sadness, whatever the underlying structure, experience, or the way that you're narrating that experience will be addressed. I often think of this anytime I experience suffering, I, every time. And it's 
all suffering comes from misunderstanding. Okay? And let me caveat this, emotional suffering, okay? Not talking about physical pain necessarily, although there is an intersection there. But sadness, anger, after the experience is ended. So, creating a space for understanding. And most of us believe that this feeling will last always. It won't. <laughs> but that's what we believe, and so we run from it. But if we practice a bit of courage, vulnerability, let go of that belief and meet it. Breathe, allow yourself to be sad, cry. Allow yourself to be angry, if you're angry. Now mind you, I'm talking about anger, the emotion. Many of us confuse reckless behavior with anger. That's behavior. Anger is an emotion. Experience the anger building up. And get curious about it. And when you're curious about it, you realize that these are all agents of change, giving you an opportunity to evolve the way you think, to create greater peace and connectedness, or greater joy, or simply to enrich your experience of life. Right? Because so many of us, what's underneath this question is, I never want to experience sadness. I never want to experience anger. I never want to experience life. <laughs> Impermanence. All of these things are guaranteed. So simply accepting that fact makes it lighter. Letting go of these illusions of perfection makes it lighter. And when you see them as teachers or as friends or just colors in a spectrum instead of right or wrong or dualistic, then there's more space in your mental awareness, in your mind, in your body around these experiences of anger, sadness, whatever emotions are coming up for you. And you can reframe the story. Instead of being a victim to your life, you can be a victor. The one who experiences a new color, texture, or perspective and shapes it into something beautiful and majestic and empowering. So when I say curious, there's an acronym I've shared many times, and I'll share it one more time today. It's from uh, Dr. Dan Siegel. It's Cole, C-O-A-L. So how can you be curious? Always for open. How can you remain open to this feeling, this emotion, this experience? In what ways can you accept it? Accept your humanity, accept that this happened, accept that you feel this way and it's okay to feel, however you're feeling. And then L is for love. What is the most loving response I am available for? What's the most loving response you're available for? It's, it's really simple. I think many of us are trying to avoid the full richness of life and our suffering. 
It's guaranteed. But you don't have to suffer as much as you might think if you can accept that and empower yourself through the practice of mindfulness. Hmm. So I hope that was helpful, beautiful souls. Thank you all for joining me this morning. Thank you for your beautiful presence and your bright hearts. If you're interested in diving deeper into any of these practices, know that presence is practiced daily. And if you're curious about how I practice it, I hope that you'll check out Common Connected, which is a 30-day meditation journey, a 30-minute meditation each evening between January 8th and February 6th. And if you can't make that time, all of the recordings will be available to you within an hour after the session. So I hope that you'll check it out. If it resonates, there's more information at a soul called Joel.com. And if you sign up before Monday, there's 25% off and 50% off for members of the Beautiful Souls online community. So if any of that resonates, I hope to see you there. And if not, I hope you find a practice that works for you. In either case, be well, beautiful souls. Enjoy this moment, and we'll see you soon. Much love and light. Peace.